Welcome to Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice stories. Today's show was made on the lands of the Ngunnawal Ngambri in Canberra. Thank you to the people powering Radio 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, and the Community Radio Network for broadcasting Earth Matters nationally across these stolen lands. I'm Beck Horridge. People's response to the meeting in Glasgow that tries to find a way for us all to get out of this climate mess was a massive response. Worldwide, calling for emergency speed action to avert the climate catastrophe. Violet from Extinction Rebellion Australia set a baby pram on fire, bang outside Parliament House in Canberra to respond to the report which was released on August the 9th, which the United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres raised the alarm calling a code red for humanity. He was responding to the latest worldwide study, the IPPC report, that determined unless there are immediate, rapid and large-scale reductions in greenhouse gas emissions limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius or even 2 degrees would not be possible. With Australia ranked last in contributing to the solutions to avert the climate catastrophe, people all over so-called Australia took extraordinary measures to stand up and speak truth to power in their desperate pleas for action. The focus in Australia has been the effort of the government to avert its duty of care to future generations from harm from climate impacts. This is a court case that Environment Minister Susan Lay is appealing a decision a few months back where some teenagers won the case that the government must accept its duty of care to future generations from the harm that future climate impacts could cause. Extinction Rebellion ACT lit the match that set a baby pram on fire outside the Australian Parliament and the words duty of care were spray-painted onto a wall outside Parliament House and the walls of the Prime Minister's residence. I met John Worker, a retired Canberra accountant. He was there on protesters' lawns with a white painted pram and a little bit afraid that he was about to get arrested because he wanted to walk with a pram dressed in funeral attire around the forecourt of Parliament House as part of a 24-7 walking vigil that would go for a week with the prams to show our determination to cut CO2 emissions. But the police said the pram was an incendiary device and would not let him take it onto the forecourt. He decided to walk with the prams to the forecourt anyway and thus thought he was about to be arrested. Uh, yeah, we've yeah, had a, a really good discussion with uh, uh, Const- uh, Superintendent Adrian over here and we've come to an agreement that uh, provided that we stick to this course here and that we... Uh, we're peaceful, do a peaceful vigil of no more than you know, one or two people, that we can bring a pram here uh, during the sitting week and, and, and go around uh, the forecourt. And what are the prams all about, John? Well, as you can see, here's, it's an empty pram, and that symbolises that if we don't take this climate emergency seriously and act faster than we are, there isn't going to be any more children. You know, the federal judge who, um, who decided against Susan Lay said it all. He said, this is horrific. It's the intergenerational transfer of risk and uh, suffering. He was very passionate about it. And let's hope his decision is upheld during the, um, the appeal that Susan Lay is doing this week. How could she say 
that the government doesn't have a duty of care to our children. Of course they do, especially somebody in the environmental area. So, uh, yeah, so this, this is what will happen if we don't, you know, we're winning. We're just not winning fast enough to avert the climate catastrophe that'll be upon us. And we're beholden as this generation. We are the last generation with a chance to, to make things happen, to keep, you know, 1.5's already done, to keep it under two degrees even. I mean, there's some people who think at two degrees, Australia will just become one big tinderbox. Sydney will burn. Have you been through the northern suburbs of Sydney? Mm. Can you imagine, you know, sort of some of the weather we've had last year coming through Sydney? It'll just wipe out those northern suburbs. We'll have, we'll have refugees within, let alone the ones that will come from outside in Australia. And I'd, I would just love our leaders to put ideology and politics aside and rather than being politicians, be leaders. Realise that it's, it's... Forget the, you know, the, the next election just for a moment. Take responsibility as leaders of this country for the next generation and the generation after that. Thank you. Thanks, John. Four days later, after the prams had been circling the forecourt of Parliament day and night, Extinction Rebellion ACT, with the Australian Tent Embassy and other groups and individuals, dressed for a funeral and paraded 23 prams painted white, empty prams, with no babies in them, a kilometre towards the Parliament House. Amazing Andy was pushing a clattering pram. Would you like to say any words for Radical Radio Why you're here? If you don't want to, that's fine. Uh, sure. Uh, the government is committing the greatest crime imaginable. They are murdering future generations and this betrayal will not go unanswered. What do you mean they're betraying future generations? The- this is a lucky country. Things are still the op- economy still operating. Aren't you being a bit bleak? No, nah. I'm not being bleak. The Australian way of life is extinct. Barbecues are going to go extinct, except for the free-range barbecues that will see our forests obliterated. Um, Nah, the science is pretty fucking clear and it's already happening now and anyone who doesn't get that is, is deluded. And the fact is, there are people in charge of this country, in charge of protecting the citizens, in charge of things such as our security, our defence, and they're letting their guard down by... Uh, well, they're not even letting their guard down, they're just not representing the people, they're representing the fossil fuel industry. And that means that children born today will only see hotter and hotter summers. And they're going to cook 50 degrees. It's going to become normal. And I'm 32 and I'd like to have a f-ing family. I think that's a human right to think that having a family is normal. I admit, you know, we're pretty entitled these days. And, uh, <laughs> but at the very basics, to have a... To, to, to choose to have a child is, is something that everyone who's come before us has had that choice. And you know, that's the gravitas of this situation. It's like, oh, we're in the middle of a war. 
we're in World War II. Do you have a kid knowing that they might not, they don't have enough food to survive? Or that they'll be sent off to fight someone else? So it's a insane crime that is being perpetuated by, perpetrated by our government and people that are meant to be protecting us. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna resist till, uh, till I can't resist anymore with non-violent civil resistance because I wanna live, I want the future generations to be able to live. And I want our beautiful ecosystems to be able to live. I'm here because I got this wonderful 1940s wicker cane pram that just begged to be used for a great purpose like this, which is to bring awareness to the fact that future generations may not be occurring full stop. And that would be the tragedy of the universe, that we destroy life on the only possible planet that may have life. That's just crazy, so that's why we're out here and me with my fantastic antique pram. Are you a parent or a...? Yes, I am a parent, so it's particularly motivating for me, to me to do something. Uncle Albert, firekeeper at the Australian Tent Embassy, led the parade. I asked him, what makes a good ally to original people? Another question. Yeah. Us sort of eco-activists, what do you what do you really want from us? I mean, how can we be good allies to the Aboriginal Tent Embassy at least? Look, we've we've always had a number of non-Indigenous supporters and and allies that were worried and, and concerned about what was happening in, with Indigenous peoples and communities. The activist community itself has always been active in sending out that message and education to wider population on our issues. But in all essence, what Aboriginal people have been saying since 1788 with our resistance to colonialism and, and the illegal occupation that was taking place is to give us back our lands so that we can breathe. If we can't breathe on our own countries and we can't practice and, and indulge in our own cultural and traditional activities in a democratic society, then where does democracy exist within that society? The activist community that are non-Indigenous need to take a long hard look at about their fight and what their values that drives them to take on the concerns of climate injustice. They also need to look at how Aboriginal people are connected to the environment that is, these injustices are occurring. So when we say that we're connected to our countries and our countries are being destroyed and desecrated, therefore our people are being destroyed and desecrated as a population. So the activist community themselves need to take a hard, long, hard look and, and work with Aboriginal people. reached the protest lawns and rolled on towards the mosaic yarning circle tiled onto the ground in the middle of the forecourt. This artwork site was made for ceremonial yarning or talking, but again the police refused entry. 
and the crowd grew frustrated at being denied such a small request. Then someone cried over the top and people, including Andy, scrambled over a wall to be chased by police and arrested. We, as Indigenous people, give the Sichuan Rebellion the right to be able to stand up and defend the sacred lands of Indigenous people. Indigenous peoples across the world have been colonised by this colonial institution. Indigenous people across the world need to be given back their countries. This is the force of your colonialism. This is the force of your illegal occupation. Here's a little bit of music that uh, some of the Extinction Rebellion people have put together. It is nice to burn a stroller. It is nice to go to jail. There are nicer ways to do it. But the nice ways always fail. It is a nice, it is a nice. You told us once, you told us twice. But it burns the planet's price through your You're with Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice issues, broadcast nationally across these stolen lands via the Community Radio Network. I'm Beck Horridge. Diane Coe, caretaker of the Australian Tent Embassy, spoke. It's not colonisation, it's invasion. There's a difference between colonisation and invasion. Colonisation is when you stay outside the grounds of the original people. This didn't happen here. We were invaded. It was stolen. Our kids, our babies was buried with their heads above the ground while they hit their heads off like polo, playing polo sport with our babies' heads, while they had our men and women chained watching that. How would you like that? How do you like that? My mother was eight months pregnant with me. She tried to stop a police officer from assaulting her brother. The police officer ran in and started kicking her in the guts. Regardless, he's seen that she was pregnant. So you understand why I'm me today? It's personal. But it took me a long time to like you people. You are a people just like we are. We all bleed red. Instead of fighting against each other for a system that's failed us all on numerous occasions, let's stand together. Let's stand together in peace and harmony. Let's stand together in solidarity and bring about positive change for all, where equality is equality. Because I'm going to tell you something. Our sovereignty was never ceded. We never give nothing over. You just come here and stole the land. So see you, Scott Morrison. I'm coming for you, bud. That was Diane Coe, caretaker of the Australian Tent Embassy. Uncle Albert, there's something important coming up in January. Would you just like to talk a little bit about that and how we might be able to support it? 
Yeah, uh, I don't know if you all may be aware, but um, the Aboriginal Tent Embassy um, down in front of Old Parliament House um, will be commemorating its 50th anniversary um, next year in January. It was first established in 1972 as a protest site against the ongoing treatment, dispossession and um, abuses occurring across Aboriginal communities around Australia. Um, it was uh, four gentlemen that came together in January 26th in 1972 and since that day there's been a few conflicts with the police um, but the tent embassy site itself has been a stalwart in, in ensuring that um, not only the disadvantaged communities of, of um, Aboriginal Australia was being heard, we empowered the um, disadvantaged voices of the wider population as well. And from our movement, a lot of other movements gained momentum and uh, they started to promote and elevate their voices and concerns. So the embassy has, has been been a, a, a landmark in, in activism and, and showing the way on how we stand up to an illegal and oppressive system. So the support that you guys can give to us is, like I said, is to work with us to build up the unity and solidarity amongst all of our activist groups that have been a part of the 10 Embassy, that have engaged with the Embassy, that have gained empowerment from the Embassy to be able to, to elevate their voices. We'd like you all to come together and support us during that 50th anniversary. And um, no matter what decisions that we, we may arrive at at, that, uh, at the 50th, it'll be a collaboration space where we can start to begin very much needed talks about how we can solidify our unity and make sure that we, we work together to ensure that Aboriginal people are given their proper due course of, of um, ownership over their own countries. And with the problems that we experience in our, all of our communities, I think we can sit down and create that collaboration space to be able to work together in dismantling the oppressive and failed system of colonial governance and work collaboratively to um, create and establish new structural foundations that allows us as a community to be able to build foundations that support and enhances Aboriginal occupation, Aboriginal ownership, and work closely with the non-Indigenous population to ensure that the protection and preservation of our natural resources are paramount and a priority for all of our concerns so that we ensure the, the future of our future generations. Uncle Albert Hartnett speaking at the Pram Parade for duty of care to kids and future generations at Parliament House, Canberra. previous day, there had been another protest. The theme was koalas. And for the first time ever, I saw people on protesters' lawns lift up all their props and move them onto the road behind and block the road. Violet was there again. She was dressed as our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, with a Hawaiian shirt and a mask, fondling a large lump of coal. And her hand was glued to the white line in the middle of the road. As she waited for arrest, I jammed a microphone under her Scott Morrison mask, and she introduced herself as Scamosis, 
love war and I'm here to tell everyone that they shouldn't follow the science, they should instead follow the church. Climate's always been changing. And uh, Susan Leahy, who's next to me, oh, she's a good lass. She's quiet when she needs to be and she'll support coal projects. She opened four coal mines in the last month. What a legend! You're glued to the road. Aren't you worried about your skin on your hand? Oh nah, I'm more worried about uh, I'm more worried about not making money. I need to make money with these coal mines, and uh, and uh, I love uh, I just love coal. Are you going to get arrested as a crime criminal then? If you're Scott Morrison, perhaps you could be one. Are you? Listen, protesters should be silent and off the road where I can ignore them. But I'm here showing protest in the real world where we're disruptive and uh, and I'm gonna get arrested as a climate criminal because I'm killing our kids and I love it. The only thing certain about 2050 is that I'll be dead so I can open as many coal mines as I like. You're wearing your Hawaiian shirt it looks great and you've got your big lump of coal and a nice floral arrangement around your neck there are scar, 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 scomo. How long are you prepared to sit on this road for? I'll be here until there's a natural disaster and then I'm going to Hawaii. That's why I got this shirt on. Listen, when the Australians suffer, I escape. When the Australians traitor. Oh, I'm very loyal. I'm loyal to APIA. I'm loyal to the IPC, not the, the, the Independent Planning Commission who approves all those gas mines. Woo! I'm a loyal, loyal, money-making man. That was Violet as Scumosis, with her hand glued to the white line on the road bang outside the front of Parliament House, Canberra. Extinction Rebellion Canberra went on to block Commonwealth Avenue Bridge with two trucks and tents. There were numerous actions around the nation. Eden Chipmill Road was blockaded the previous week, as well as Hay Point and Abbott Point in Queensland. In Adelaide, main intersections were blocked with prams and elder women locked on with pipes. Nam Melbourne saw giant flaming koalas and skeletal dinosaurs with the burning of the Australian flag. Then, as the COP negotiations came to a close and the people's despair was confirmed that Australia would be the world laggard in climate action, a nation that cares little for others and has no care for the future of life on Earth, Blockade Australia activists staged a rolling blockade of the coal line entering the world's biggest coal port at Newcastle. On November the 9th, Wilka, Kuri, Kuta, Ngemba and Wangang and Jangalingu man climbed a tripod to block the rail line into Newcastle coal port. His banner said, Australia needs to be stopped. And he was in solidarity with his mob who were trying to get Adani and their coal mine off their land. He was arrested, of course, and then came Zoe. This is what she said. What's up, punks? My name's Zoe. I'm currently blocking all coal trains going into or out of the world's biggest coal port in Newcastle. I'm taking this action on Awabakal and Waramaya country 
uh, in the Hunter Valley. The land was stolen over 250 years ago in a war started by the colonizing empire. Um, and that war continues today. I pay respects to elders uh, and warriors and resistant fighters, past, present and emerging, that have been fighting against Australia's destruction of land, people uh, and culture since it started. Um, sovereignty was never ceded and the struggle for climate justice has been going on on this continent since Australia started, yeah, over 250 years ago. Where I'm at at the, at the moment is on top of uh, an electrical pylon. Uh, that rail bridge is one of the most significant economic bottlenecks um, of the coal network in the world. The Newcastle coal port is the world's largest coal port. Um, and as I've proven this morning, one person can success successfully immobilise a piece of critical infrastructure with a bit of rope and um, metal poles. After Zoe came Jarrah, who locked onto a fortified car that was driven onto the coal train tracks. His sign said, Australia is driving climate collapse. Hashtag blockade Australia. He was followed by Sergio Rebel, who climbed onto a coal train and stopped the train for five hours. Next, Emma and John stopped the coal trains by climbing onto one also. Emma said to the police, You do your job and we'll do our job. Our job is to protect our environment and strive for a safe future. As they were arrested, they were followed by Greg, who blocked the tracks using a tree sit. Then, on 11th of the November, after three days of blockading export coal trains, came Sal to block the track, and she said, Australia's so-called democratic economy is trampling life for profit and drip-feeding communities with crumbs of hush money. It has to end. Her sign said, you'll die waiting for a climate election. These events have been little reported in the mainstream media. You have been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced for Radio 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. If you'd like to get in touch with the Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook on Earth Matters 3CR Radio. And to listen to or to share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. Look out for more from the Earth Matters team next week. I'm Beck Horridge. It isn't nice to burn a stroller, it isn't nice to go to jail, there are nicer ways to do it, but the nice ways always fail, it isn't nice, it isn't nice, you told us once, you told us twice, but if that is the planet's price, we Nice to climb on rooftops or to pour paint on the floor or to shout our cry of action.